I think that's a huge reason why you see a, such a high turnover rate in ministry is because people are unprepared to carry those kind of burdens with them. Like they're, they're unprepared to experience how difficult church people can be. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Better Stories. Welcome back to Better Stories, if you've been a listener for a while. Um, this is episode five of season three. We are rolling right along and having a blast doing it. I, it's been, again, just super fun uh, getting this season out. I'm really enjoying it and uh, really excited about today's episode. This is, this is an episode that I had an idea for right as I was finishing the book wonky. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do a series of podcasts kind of just conversing around the ideas in the book. And uh, I knew that I wanted to visit with some friends and talk about our good old youth group days, our youth ministry days. And there was nobody that I could think of that better fit that picture than my wife, Carrie, and one of my best friends in the whole world, um, Pastor Chip Bennett. Um, Chip and I have known each other, uh, for a very, very long time. We were, we were on baseball teams together. We were in church together. Um, we've shared life together. We've been through really great things and really, really hard things. And so Chip is one of, one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, Chip now serves as one of the key leaders uh, for the United Methodist Church in West Virginia. Um, he is the Southern District Superintendent of the United Methodist Church, so I, I kid him all the time that he's, he's the big guy, he's the big boss, um, but he is, he's an incredible leader, uh, one of the wisest and most discerning um, spiritual leaders that, that I've met. Uh, I'm really grateful for his friendship and uh, his laughter and his joy and, uh, like I said, his wisdom. And so I hope you enjoy our conversation today as we revisit kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of youth ministry days. So here's season three, episode five of Better Stories. Enjoy. So I want to just jump in because I feel like we could we could talk for hours about all of this stuff. Um, but I was... So 2019, I started the Better Stories podcast just for fun, and we did like 10 episodes, and then 2020 rolled around, and I had like three, and I thought when COVID hit, I was like, oh, I'm going to be awesome and podcast like crazy, and then I stopped caring about any of it, um, and so we, we just kind of killed it, and then in the middle of that, I took, I finished the book, the wonky book, and... Right. Um, started teaching at the at the high school or well was at the middle school and then the high school and just had zero time to do any of this stuff but i'd always wanted to do a, a series of interviews based or at least expanded from the wonky stuff and one of the very first ideas we talked about carrie and i talked about was wouldn't it be fun to get with chip and just process youth ministry <laughs> and like because I feel like I have lots of theories and ideas, and I don't think it's something we've ever really talked about formally. Um, and I just, I don't know, I think it just could be fun, and I want to hear your thoughts and maybe tell some funny stories. And the good, the bad, and the ugly is what I said. Like, what was great about it and what was not great about it? And what was, what do we look back on and go, hmm, maybe we should have changed some of that? Because we both did youth ministry. Chip and I both did youth ministry. Carrie was... Is was was married was. to a former youth pastor. Is married to a former youth pastor. Is sure. how you would say that. Yeah, I'm still married to you. <laughs> and did a lot of youth ministry with us. We all grew up in youth ministry. Um, so anyway, that's what we're gonna do. You guys don't really have a choice because we're already re recording. So I'm just gonna throw it out. Like, <laughs> focus on it. And what? Where would you, where would we start? Like, where's a fun place to start for this? <laughs> or do you need more direction? <laughs> So um, my mind goes two different places. Uh, my experience in youth ministry, like as a kid in youth ministry, and um, and also my experience as a youth leader, youth pastor, um, you know, and all all of the things that come along with that too. Okay, so there's our segments. We're going to start with our experience as kids, 
And then we're going to talk about, as adults, leading youth ministries, and then we'll end up with, as parents and pastors, trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. I think that'll work. I think that'll work. Okay. All right. So let's start as kids. Chip, you lead us in. <laughs> Since you want to you... the good, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Yeah, good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, the good. I, I, I can really trace like segments of my calling into vocational ministry back to my experiences in uh, as a kid in youth ministry. You know, I can remember really vividly. Scott Trent making a really personal invitation to me to come participate in stuff that they were, they were working on. And that had a huge impact on me. Um, a, a massive impact that honestly what we're doing right now is a continuation from, because, you know, Justin and I both were um, kind of this, I don't know, the genesis of a, of a youth group where a church hired a part-time youth pastor and in Scott and, um, and we just kind of took it and ran with it. Um, you know, I think everybody kind of has this idea that their own experiences are special. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, I said Justin and I, but Carrie's, I mean, you were. I was just part as, of that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I came from another youth group. I was at a youth group. And then I was a traitor. So you committed youth group adultery. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped ship. <laughs> For the yeah. wrong reasons, but I'm sure that your church was sitting around going, "Isn't that great that she's growing spiritually?" We'll just be excited about that. Mm, I don't know because <laughs> we all do that so well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I think it was. I mean, I remember vividly teenage years being at a church camp with Chip and wishing we had a youth pastor there. And like, finally, when Scott, our youth pastor, stepped into that role, I remember just having a place to connect, having a place to belong, and you know, was like church rat. Like, couldn't couldn't wait to get there, couldn't wait to have our space and do our thing, and we were all in. And a lot of that came because he personally, relationally connected with us, invited us into a a book study, a Bible study. Um, you know, yeah, it, it was that was the great part of that. Yeah, and yeah, gave was, us gave us ownership, gave us responsibilities, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was it really was something special, at least for me, and I think for others as well. In fact, you know, if we were to go back and count the folks that were involved in that, yep. in their path into ministry, I mean, you're looking at probably like a ninety percent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ministry path in in some way or the other. Whether that's, yeah, I mean, in, in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. You want anything? Um, not yet. I'm not just like yet. my my brain is swirling of like because I had like two yeah youth group experiences. Like I had the CMA experience, and then I had the I left CMA to be part of like what you guys were doing. Like maybe we shouldn't name churches specifically. Oh, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> so I had two different, <laughs> I had two different um, youth ministry experiences. The church that I grew up in, and then leaving that um, just because I was, I had friends really that were in the one with you guys, and um, so I don't know. I had friends in the other one, but I just didn't feel as strong of a connection, I guess, to that mm-hmm. as I did with. <clears throat> you know, with you guys, so. Okay, so the bad, the bad or the ugly, we'll just kind of lump those things together. As kids, we got, as kids. So the bad, my, uh, my initial thought was this, the name that we gave our, (laughs) our, uh, like ministry that kind of grew out of this youth group experience. Uh Well, we were, the, the youth group was the God Squad. Do you remember that? Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, because yeah, we had Scott printed uh, business cards that Nuh-uh. said God Squad were on a mission from God. It was like a play on the Blues Brothers. Stop it. <laughs> Very cool. But yeah. then what Chip is talking about, I'll let him keep talking about. Yeah. I so, still think that's good. I don't think it's bad or ugly. But yeah, it, was, so it was my started. idea. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, so it, I remember how it happened. Um, we started uh, like a drama ministry. 
where we would do skits and um, and then a, a presentation, and we would do it at schools and churches and things like that. And we were like high school kids, yeah, um, doing this stuff. It was it was really neat. But everything you it, just said should be in that cards Christians like game: yeah, skits, drama, ministry, presentations, and mimes. <laughs> but we called it. Uh, we called ourselves real. Real. R E A L. <laughs> revolutionize every aspect of life. Yep. And I think that actually the real name came from Justin, but then somebody decided that it needed, it needed to have an acronym and Aaron uh-huh. uh, spouted it out. Like spazzed out and said, revolutionize every aspect of life. And so there, there we were. Yeah. And he would remember none of that now. Kids <laughs> <laughs> not existent in his mind. So Chip, are you labeling that bad and ugly? I think that it's a, it's a little corny. Now that I, that one. <laughs> what? I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> but we were so cool. <laughs> we thought we were. <laughs> Is that it? Is that the extent of our bad and ugly? Oh, I mean, I have bad and ugly stories no. about youth group, but I don't know if it's even appropriate for. <laughs> well, I do remember at a certain church they did <laughs> yep. they did lock ins. Yep, that's where I was going to go to. And it was like. And all night, you stay up all night, which I, I don't know why anybody thinks that's a good idea for middle school kids or high school kids. And I just remember there were like unsupervised rooms where kids were making out playing spin the bottle. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like torn at this pubescent age of like, I don't know what to do here. I don't really want to be here, but maybe I do want to be here. <laughs> like, like I was in this space of like... <laughs> Am I going to get to spin the bottle? And who am I going to? And how do I do that? And I don't. And I was so freaked out. And then years later, I was like, Where were the adults? <laughs> like, what was going on? And Sleeping. But this was okay. old for this. <laughs> yeah, that would never pass the safety standards. Mm-hmm. No. Up today. Right. And I'm so glad social media didn't doesn't didn't exist then. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. The other thing that I was thinking about as far as the bad and ugly was the stuff that we probably weren't aware of that was going on in the churches. The, you know, the stuff that as pastors you are aware of, or later on in life, just as adults, you're aware of like, hey, these people don't like these people, or somebody left because of this, or there's all this fighting about money or buildings, or, you know, they're yelling because the kids spilled pizza on the carpet or whatever. And like, I don't, I felt like, and maybe that's a good thing. Like we didn't, we weren't aware of that. But I, I can't agree with that because I was aware of that because I was part of a church split. Mm. So it was later on because that happened when I was in college. Um, but I remember specifically like my parents made the decision to leave and I was in college and I had already, like you and I had already been dating. So I had kind of phased out um, and was spending more time with you at your church. Um, but I remember my sister and I going back to our church and being really excited to see people because we hadn't seen them for a while and literally not getting talked to by somebody who was my youth pastor, Hmm. like former youth pastor and how hurtful that was and being like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't ever want to come back to this place because this wasn't even my decision and I'm a 19 year old kid and Mm -hmm. feeling like I was being outcast because of a decision my parents made that I wasn't even, I didn't even really know what was going on or why it was yeah. happening. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would echo a lot of that and not in the sense that I, I experienced that, but you see it all the time. Um, and it reminds me of this meme that I've seen floating, floating around. Um, this is, you know, we can talk to people that we don't go to church with anymore. We're not in gangs. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but, are... but there, yeah, there are these there, there are these walls that get formed around things, and um, even even in that limited experience where you're shielded from a lot of stuff, you still experience those moments where it's like, oh, I'm not on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't, you know, work together on this thing, or we can't, you know, associate in this way. And everybody, everybody wants other people to participate in their own thing in their own way, yeah. right? As long as you assimilate and become like us. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so then as, let's fast forward, as as youth pastors, as, as pastors in ministry, the good, the bad, the ugly. 
<laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> We're going youth pastors, and then right? and then his parents. I, really I wanted, know, it's hard to separate. No, I really wanted to stick more about the, like, let's take a walk down memory lane and think about all the But that's where things. you always want to live. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the things that we did. <laughs> we can go back there. We'll do, we'll do, like, a best memories at the end. Okay. We'll do, like, a top five or something. Okay. <clears throat> this. <laughs> okay. I'm making my lip now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, transition from we're students, we have this it sounds like for the most part a really powerful experience in a place that we were invited to belong we were invited to serve we were invited to give leadership um i'm like you chip i look and i'm like man amazed at how many people went out of that place into ministry or just intentional lives of discipleship so you and i specifically have have really stayed in touch the three of us have really stayed in touch we've kind of tracked with each other's ministry journeys um, you're a part of the United Methodist Church. I'm in the Evangelical Covenant. You pastored for a while. I pastor. You're now like superpowered bishop or whatever the, the title is. Um, <laughs> but we both started in youth ministry. Yeah. So what what's that like? I, I, if I was if I were to summarize it without getting into all the the details and the stories which I'm, you know, <laughs> I got plenty of those too, is that um, church life just gets more and more complicated the further you progress into the life of the church. Mm. And so you, you begin to experience um, people who you looked up to as maybe even um, mentors in particular ways in a very different light. Like, oh, this is not what I expected, right? And then you, you get to be privy to those conversations that happen um, after somebody spills um, Coca-Cola all over the new carpet or um, doesn't clean up the kitchen the way that the church ladies want them want it to be cleaned up. And, and it be, can really become deflating yeah. because that's not what you anticipated. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I I remember very specifically seeing, so coming back as a youth pastor the first time to the camp that we were all kind of a part of growing up and bringing a group of students from another state, being a part of this camp, and there was a moment of tension and conflict among the leaders with our former youth pastor and, and finding him kind of out back of one of the buildings emotional about it. And like vividly, I remember this moment of like, wait, he's he's human and this can hurt a lot. And processing that now, I look back and I'm like, I kind of like that was that was really hard and kind of an eye opening thing. But I kind of wish I had known that sooner or known more of the depths of that, because I feel like I always held him. I always held ministry in this like glamorized. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be awesome? Um and there's something to be said for that vulnerability of like knowing the darkness, knowing the hard parts, knowing the pain that can be caused. Ministry, seeing what these massive programs were doing. And then on the like the back end of that, this whole emerging church conversation and things have to change, but we don't really know what that is. And here's my hypothesis, that in the 90s and the early 2000s in youth ministries, we trained a lot of kids to be really good at fraternity and sorority parties. Like Christian versions of them? I just think we laid a really good groundwork. Right, because we were like <laughs> drinking Flush happy shakes. Flush that out for me. Flush okay. Because we were drinking so. happy shakes and doing <laughs> dares and hazing kids. I think, I think a lot of our, what we were chasing in youth ministry was, let's be the coolest part of the church. Mm-hmm. Let's be the show. Let's be the thing that is going to be highly attractional. And when kids show up, we will just blow their minds with how gross the game is or get them all revved up to see if they can compete. We'll do Oreos on plexiglass to make it look like they're making out, but we won't really talk about making out. Um, and those kids left and went to college like my my bad and ugly when i when i think about my days as a youth pastor is i'm like oh 
Like, what would my kids from my youth ministry say? What stories would they tell about how I jacked up some of their spirituality? And when I look at that now, I go, those kids went on to college, and the closest thing to the youth group was probably the frat party. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in a lot of ways, that's that's kind of what it was, versus what I want my kids to know now, and we'll, we'll get to that. But, yeah, that, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 I, I can totally see where you're coming from. I mean, I... I ate goldfish. I did too. I did too. I ate one too. <laughs> and, you know, like I, I didn't have any frame of reference or anything like that, but I can remember a Fresh Prince of Bel Air episode where they're at a frat party and they're eating goldfish. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was involved um, with a, another, it was a, more of a parachurch ministry where they were coming up with games and they were basically playing beer pong mm-hmm. with root beer. And I, and I was like, that really makes me uneasy, yeah. you know, like what, what are these kids going to think? Well, if we're not using alcohol, it's like, oh yeah, I get it. You know, but right. like what happens when they go experience this somewhere else? It's like, Oh, I've done this some, somewhere else, you know? And, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can totally see, see where, um, is there sure. a good to that? Is, is there a piece of that, that I don't like that's what I, I keep struggling with. I remember a guy in our church in Pittsburgh coming and saying after one night he's like, Hey, I'm in recovery and I feel like what you guys are doing is not setting them up for it, it's like addictive behaviors. It's like party behaviors, it's the sell you know. And I and I like my mind was like, Ah, but you don't get this. You know, like I'm twenty and he's forty. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, you don't get it. I'm like, we're just trying to reach people. We're just doing everything we can to reach we're becoming a you know and I, and I still like I still hold that tension of what is what does that look like and and how do we do that because I don't want to I don't want to just blast youth ministries and say that was all bad because it pulled me in and it was a lot of fun. But I think too maybe that the difference is and I don't say this to like blast what you did or what we did when we were doing that stuff was like we did a lot of that fun stuff um, you know like real as cheesy as it was like that was super fun I felt like it gave me a purpose as a senior. And really gave me a trajectory for like the rest of my life because prior to that it was like I could have, you know, kind of easily gone the other way. Um, but I was I lost my train of thought. <laughs> lost my train of thought. Um, it was- but I didn't think we did we did it well. Like Scott also had Bible study on Sunday. And so there was a balance of like, yes, we had fun and we did all these things, but we also like he was very intentional in like leading us in Bible study and um, growing us in our faith and discipleship and, and stuff like that. And I don't know, I mean, I think we did that, but I, you know, I, I feel like there was a good balance to like, yes, you had the fun, but we also had a purpose behind mm-hmm. what we were doing. Selbyville was like that too. Like we did a lot of fun things, but we also had speakers and worship and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, that... And I think what really, where it really comes in is in what ways are you engaging in the ministry? whether that's youth ministry or anything, if you're just engaging in the, in the forward facing things, like you're, you're on the chopping block when things get difficult or, or, or your faith is on the chopping block when things get difficult for you. Right. Think about everyone that we um, were in youth group together with when we were kids or, or kids that we saw come through our own youth group. And, and you could almost name you know, just by the way they engaged in the, in the ministry, who, who was going to stick it out for a better way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's probably the point I'm making is the the tempering of, you know, this, this idea of belonging and fun and celebration because youth ministry is a haven for like the socially awkward a lot of times, because that was me. You know, there was a place that I didn't, I wasn't the best athlete. I didn't really find my fit at school. Um, and this place gave me a place to belong. And so tempering that with like, okay, here's here's the formation practices of what discipleship means and how it's going to last you as you go out of this church that you belong to into college or into whatever's next in your life. And these things will continue to root you. And that's another good piece, right, of people from our church that cared for us while we were in college and people that you know, supported us and reached out. I think that was, that was huge. And here's the complicated thing for me. Some of the same people who ambushed me, who um, (laughs) I would describe as even having toxic characteristic traits, you know, in their own life, 
have deeply, deeply impacted me in a positive way. Um, and so it's, it's not all, it's not all black and white. Yep. And that's, you just named it. Like that's the piece that I was sitting here thinking is what, what the adults in our church offered to me as a kid is what I still want those adults to offer to me now. Like we planted a church in the same community we grew up in and most of those people have not ever reached out and, you know, said, Hey, we're proud of you. We we're here like praying for you. Like, and I find myself at times just frustrated or hurt or like what, what those words as mentors growing up in the church. And I think that's a thing I would want people to hear is like the way you as an older generation pour into the younger generation is huge, but it doesn't end when they leave your church. Because when they're 40 years old and they're trying to figure out how to raise kids or manage their own emotions, they need you as a 60-year-old to say, hey, still proud of you. We love you. We're here for you. Um, and that's that multi-generational nature of the church that I think is so often missing. Yeah. Well, and they're not in your church gang anymore. You know, so right. can they, you know, if you're not wearing their colors, can they, <laughs> can they, can they catch on the back? Yes. Right? Yep. Um, yep. Okay, so third part of this, because I feel like we, we're just doing therapy now. <laughs> what about as parents? We've got, we've got four daughters. <laughs> yeah, grab Karen. <laughs> what, what, how does it change? How has it shifted? How, what have you seen? What's that look like for your kids? Yeah, so, so I have three kids, 12, if I preserve the ages, uh, <laughs> 12, 8, and 7. Am I right? No, 12, 7. Oh, my gosh, this is embarrassing. 12, 8, and 7. That's right. I was right the first time. I should have trusted I hope guy. they have a good youth pastor. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And so, and so uh, you know, my oldest is, is going into seventh grade. She just last year started engaging with the youth ministry of the church that we're attending. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm experiencing that as a pastor and remembering really, really well what it was like to deal with parents. And so, you know, I try to I try to be understanding and supportive, you know, in everything that I'm doing. Um, but I, I do I do look at things very differently, I think, now as a parent than I did as a as a youth pastor. And um yeah, I don't think that you can have that kind of perspective, you know, when you're 20 years old um, doing that. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing at all. Right. What do you think? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Because I, I just edit this part because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, funny story. We took our daughter Malia turned 16 last summer Mm -hmm. and wanted to go to the Christian music festival in Ohio that we used to go to. Yeah. And we show up. We went 1995 because it was alive. 95. Live 95. I didn't go that year. I went 97. (laughs) We were basically the only ones. (laughs) And I, I, we went, we took her and it was a newsboys concert and it was like, we all got to go back to youth group and she got to discover it. It was just, it was awesome. And I was, and, and I found myself going like, I've done so much critique and like the Christian music industry and blah, 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 blah. And like, it's cheesy at times. And I'm like, no, it's still awesome. And I'm so grateful that my kids have this voice in their life. Um, yeah. So it was just this weird kind of surreal moment of like, I'm really arrogant about things. And I think I have things figured out. And like, sometimes I just need to shut up and let it be simple. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, yeah, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. I mean, people listen to cheesy music all the time, right? It might as <laughs> what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I went to two new kids concerts this summer. What? <laughs> it might as well be the Newsboys. Right? <laughs> it, hey, it was the same feeling. I felt like I was a teenager when I saw the Newsboys, and we were the only ones. He was in this, saying something. I know. Sorry. In this crowd of like you know teens that were listening to like the new Newsboys. And then Peter Furler comes out and sings, and I'm like losing my mind. And all these kids are like, "Who's that guy? Who's yeah, the old guy? <laughs> like who's the old guy?" And I'm like, "Yes!" I'm like singing the song to the top of my lungs, and this is great. So yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. 
No, but I, I want my daughter to, to have those fun memories around things as well and have that balance of, of doing fun things and, um, and serious things. And I, and I want her to, to listen to music that might be a little cheesy but still has a, yeah. has a um, makes memories for her and has a positive impact on her life and, you know, all of those things. That, that's, um, I don't need to let my um, snobbery absolutely absolutely and I, and I think too I I really don't care what it looks like as long as they're pointing my kids to Jesus you know what yeah. I mean like I'm so thankful for people that are intentional our youth leaders that are saying hey let me let me help you get closer to Jesus I think the uniqueness for all of us is our kids are pastors kids um, and so there's there's shrapnel that they experience that I was just talking to our teenagers about this the other day, and it was like, yeah, these people left. And, you know, granted, those people, if they were hosting a podcast, would probably tell stories about me causing hurt in their life. Like, they would have these stories. Um, And so, you know, I feel like I'm healing from that, but my kids were affected by that. My wife was affected by that. And this is one of the only vocations where that happens. You know, this is what, it's not the only vocation, but it's one of the only places where the work that we do is deeply, deeply, deeply tied to relationships. And when the work suffers or the relationship suffers, there's these shrapnel pieces that hit everybody around us. And, you know, I just see that in my kids as teenagers going, why did these people leave and stop talking to us? Like what, what happened there? Um, and I don't know, you know, that's just the bad and the ugly. I don't know what you do with that. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a couple of things that pop into my mind is that, um, you know, in, I'm a United Methodist, which, which one of the key pieces of that is that we're, um, we move a lot. You know, there's, there's you're always moved, you're appointed. Um, and so, and so there's this there's this ritual within the life of the church of pastors coming and going, and in in our book of worship, there's actually um, a service for saying farewell to a pastor, mm. and part of that service is is the pastor asking forgiveness for ways that they've yeah. hurt people, that they have they've done things, that they've not done things, and um, it's really powerful. And, and the second piece of that is, is an act of the congregation of forgiveness. Mm. And so like we have plenty of our own problems, but in, in so many ways there's baked into that, into that system, you know, this, this realization or maybe not even realization, but just an understanding that, that pastors are, are human. They're going to make mistakes and that there, there's, got to be some confession and forgiveness that happens um, there because because one of the one of the toxic things in Christian culture is is the ways in which uh, faith leaders pastors get put up on pedestals yeah and in one of my um, I don't know how best to describe it one of my sins maybe is is that I take way too much pleasure in hearing stories about fallen pastors, especially celebrity pastors. Like, I mean, like it's, it's toxic for my soul. Like I really have to be in a good place to read an article or listen to a podcast about this pastor who did this thing. Um, because, because of that. And and I, um, I remember having a conversation with Justin about this, Justin, I don't know if you remember or not, you said, you know, we're one or two decisions Mm. away being just like that person. Just like that pastor's like, oh yeah, yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah. There's something even in in writing wonky. I was like, I just almost want to apologize in every chapter because <laughs> I know I've caused this stuff, you know. And it's and that like the anxiety of putting that out there was I could probably name faces and names of people that are going to read this and go, well, you idiot, you did this to me. You know, and that's that's a hard space. That's mm-hmm. a hard space to be in. So here's kind of the last serious question. Then we'll do our top fives or whatever <laughs> put down some ideas um what is what is reimagining some of this look like if if you were starting fresh if you were 
25 years old and they said you're going to be a youth pastor again, which I don't want. Like, I don't ever want to do that. It, it's just, it's hard and I'm tired. I did a trip with our youth this past weekend and I'm still worn out. But if we were starting over, what what would you shift? What would you reimagine? I, I know exactly how I would reimagine things. Um, I think that when I was a youth pastor, and even now, it it is in the back of my mind and everything that I do is that, like, how many people can I get to show up to this thing? Like, that is the most important thing. That is the... Those are the numbers that tell the story that something good is happening here. And, you know, if I do, if I have a youth group and five kids show up, I'm thinking about the 20 kids that aren't there rather than the five kids that are. Um, And and so that's always in the back of my mind. It's something I fight even now. And I, I really think that I've come uh, as a father now and I would, I would, I would, anybody that was involved in youth ministry right now, I would encourage them to rethink the way that they're thinking about ministry, that they're, they're equipping kids to live in exile. Um, you know, there's, there's so much, um, not to sound like some sort of cultural warrior or anything, but there's so much in our culture that, um, is anti is opposed to uh, living a faithful life as a Christian yeah. in in so many different ways, not just the typical ways that we get we talk about them. And and my kids are going to live as exiles in Babylon. And so, what in what ways am I equipping them to live that way? In what ways is the church that that we're a part of equipping them to live that way? In what ways is are the youth leaders and the youth pastors that are engaging my kids equipping them? to live as exiles in, in Babylon. That's really good. That's really good. About you. You go ahead. <laughs> um, I think there's a couple things I would say. It would be much slower. It would, yeah. it would be much simpler. It would be much smaller. Um, I think, I think I would spend a whole lot of time talking about ancient spiritual formation practices the ideas of how to do reflective prayer, how to do fasting and meditation and just letting it be like kind of what you're saying, Chip, like let it, let it be super unimpressive. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of names and faces that I remember that I wish I could go back and still have a relationship with that, that I continue to walk with them. And I, there's, there's pieces of that that I recognize, like I can't control and, and you transition and you move or they move but there are some that I'm like, mm, that was that was somebody I should have stayed in contact with, and just I don't know for whatever reason did not. Um, I think about being like from a senior in high school into like doing youth ministry days and thinking how black and white I thought everything was, and like mm-hmm. it was like this is right and this is wrong and there's no in between, and probably passing a lot of those thoughts on to youth kids and probably coming across judgmental probably especially them seeing that as they got older and being like well I can't believe my youth pastor's wife was like blah 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 how dare you you know that sort of thing and um maybe spending more time like listening to stories and having a lot more grace um instead of thinking I knew it all when I was like 25 you know like Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's just so much, uh, so much I thought I knew that now I'm like, no, that's probably more gray to that, and and not being so like harsh and about things because I was just giving what I grew up with and passing it on because I thought that was the way it was, and I didn't really live any life and I didn't know people who had experiences and all that kind of stuff, and not to say that there isn't sin, but just being a lot more gracious with. The way that yeah. I relayed yeah. the story of Jesus and how much he loves us. I so to, to Chip's point, like if we're in exile, biblically exile doesn't mean it's a place of war. Like we don't have to fight the battles. We we settle down. We love the place where we are. And we, we live faithfully yeah. and hopefully in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good. But I know the plans I have for you, right? Right. It's um, going to it's gonna take 70 years. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and plant that vineyard. You're going to be here a little while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so 
Mem- anybody else want to add anything before we kind of... Mem- Carrie wants to go down memory lane. <laughs> no, I'm good. I have, I have a few um, things I wrote down, Carrie. Let's so. go. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Lead us in, Chip. Carrie, I don't even know if you were there for this. I know Justin was there for it. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were both in high school. Basic training. No, you tell that. yeah, we can show that one for sure. No, we don't. No, we were leaving a um, yeah, that's one of those cringe ones. Yeah, we were leaving a meeting or a youth group or something like that, and it was just us in the parking lot. <laughs> it was you driving and Mike Shaw driving. Aaron, Aaron stands up through the sunroof of your car, and Mike was giving me a ride home, and he said we can do that too. So he opens up the sunroof in his car. And we're chasing each other around the parking lot of the of the church, and I wasn't uh, racing. Was we were just driving in circles. Was... Yeah. 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 Well, somebody was following too close to somebody else. I think it was Mike behind you. It was. And you stopped, and Mike didn't, and we ran right into the back. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if I was there, but I you definitely remember hearing about it, and it has been a story of lessons for our children, like. We've heard this so many times, like Malia bumped into somebody and it was like, well, there was one time when your dad was driving and he was yeah, being an idiot. Carrie like, uses it to make our kids feel better. No, your parents have done that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember, so Mike went, we went into church that Sunday and he walked up to my dad and was like, Bob, I'm sorry for being an idiot. And my dad goes, Mike, I'm sorry, you're an idiot too. <laughs> like, but you know, again, to your point, all four of those guys, two, us and then those two, they're all doing some sort of ministry right now. Like, that's right. So you can run into a car in a parking lot and still be called. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what else you got? What other What other memories? Um, I just remember like our little real group like touring. <laughs> we went trying like, touring. We went to Mount. We went to Scott's Christian School to do a performance. Catholic. <laughs> it was Christian like all school. the way over in Fairmont. <laughs> so I remember feeling really cool about that. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, writing letters. They're probably still kids with your autograph. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I remember writing letters to every church in town asking if we could come, and none of them got back to us. <laughs> like, I didn't know you did that. Not one of them. <laughs> we did it at my church, though. Yeah, because you went because there. Because I went there. Like, they had to let you do it. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, and it was spring break. So remember, we, we spent all of spring break practicing to make this like yep. amazing show on Sunday night. <laughs> Oh, oh he listen, broke. we had a smoke machine. Yes. <laughs> and karate. Way before smoking. Yeah. And the, karate. And karate yeah. with the sword, sword. fighting the <laughs> devil, you know. <laughs> I still have that on VHS we were, somewhere. We were very battle-oriented. <laughs> I know. That's cringy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I put down a couple, like, last-minute questions, unless you guys have other memories. Um, song, song that if you heard it today... You'd still know every single word. Oh. Christian, hold on. Contemporary Christian music song that if you heard it, like if it came on from youth group days, every single word would come back right now. Hands down, DC Talk, Jesus Freak. You stole mine. <laughs> it says it's the best song there is. Yeah, I think I think it would be Newsboy Shine for me. Oh, I don't think I know all the words to that one. Because it was like almost rap. Doll is dirt, you can't assert. Kind of, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. I mean, I know the song, but I don't know the word for word. I'd say some audio adrenaline songs would definitely come back to me. You were uh, a big audio adrenaline fan. Massive, massive yeah. audio fan. Yeah, for sure. Karen and I, uh, we, when we uh, work out in the morning, we're, we play music, and I usually like just put a a playlist on, and and um, Jesus Freak came on the other day, and she was like, good grief, how old is this song? <laughs> it's awesome. So I um, I have cousins who grew up in a very, very fundamentalist uh, church world, and I can remember going with them and sneak listening to DC Talk Jesus Freak because of the electric guitar. That was Satan's music, so we had to like be very quiet about listening to that song yep. when yep. they were when my uncle was around. So. Yeah. Um, best, best and or worst youth ministry moment. Like as a youth kid or? As a youth kid, as a youth pastor, it's up to you. Best or worst? Best and or worst. Um, well, I mean. By worst, I mean it should probably embarrass you to tell it. Oh, um, (laughs) I don't, 
I can't think of anything like that, but I think um, I have, I have, these are my top three. Um, <laughs> doing real with you guys, just because that was like just a fun place. Like it was a fun thing to do. And I finally felt like I had a really good group of friends and like, really, I don't hang out with many people outside, like since high school and you got, I mean, you guys are still part of like the only ones really, except for like Katrina. So that was Stop good. Stop naming names. Nobody else knows. I don't care. But I mean, it's just like, but yeah, so that. Um, and then with my church that I grew up in, um, we went to Mexico, and that was my first mm -hmm. missions experience, for good or bad, short-term missions, whatever. It was a really impactful to me as a person and just in my faith. And so, and the first time I was out of the country, so there's just a lot of cool things. And then um, I had a third one, and I don't remember <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Some of us not have been that big of a deal, but but yeah. So those two, those are the two. Like going to Mexico and hanging out with you guys and just having that. All right. So this is <laughs> this is the worst. And and you know how you have those experiences and things that you've done that when they pop into your mind, it makes you go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> oh, I was. Um, <laughs> When I was a senior in high school, um, there was a, a group of grown men. Um, <laughs> they called themselves the Power Team, <laughs> and they would go around to schools and churches and you know church camps and things like that. And they would do these feats of strength and um, like bending rebar and driving nails through boards and running through boards and ripping decks of cards and phone books and things like that. And um, for some reason, they asked me to join the power team when I was a senior in high school. And, like, like I wasn't strong. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't lift weights. I, none of that stuff. And I was just like, well, yeah. I I'm guess. in. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, they, we would practice together, and, you know, like, I'd bend some rebar over my head and uh, rip a phone book, you know, like, if you held your hands a certain way, yeah. it was easier, and, you know, all, and break some bricks and things like that. And we'd go to, like, do it with a, a group of kids or something, and, you know, like, elementary school kids, and that was fine. Well, they got booked to do it at the high school I attended. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And they talked me into it. And I can remember doing, like, ripping a phone book in half and <laughs> bending the bar and breaking bricks and things like that in front of everyone at my high school. And I look back on that now. And, like, if I thought about that as I was going to bed, which I probably will now, it will keep me awake for an hour. <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing because you're like, I don't know why they asked me to do it. I know why they asked you to do it. Because when I was a senior, they had a trip to Florida and they asked me to go MC, not to do any feat of strength. Like, <laughs> they were just like, why don't you come? You're young and maybe you can talk in a mic. Chip gets dice when they're like, oh, he's tall and bigger. Why don't you let him do something? <laughs> So, in some ways, I think you should feel flattered because I never bent rebar. I never tore a phone book. I held a microphone and said, come on, cheer louder. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, here's, my, here's my best moment in youth ministry is that I, I was a youth pastor, and I had just had one of those experiences where I had, you know, just kind of been beat up because of what I was doing or what I wasn't doing. And um, a week or two later, I, I showed up um, and totally, I, I was totally unaware that behind the scenes, one of my youth group kids who had witnessed what had happened a couple of weeks ago had organized a, a huge like appreciation party for me. And like for that whole purpose, because he, he had witnessed you know, what had, what I had experienced. And that was, um, incredible. You know, I, I still, I still think about that. It was, it was a really, really cool experience. That's awesome. That's a really cool story. I would say 
worst moments. I, I've been like racking my brain trying to think of stuff, and there's so many mistakes I made, so many things along the way. I think one of the most awkward was being on a on staff at a church where there was a high school pastor and a middle school pastor, and like the high school pastor was everything that I'm not personality wise. Like I love him to death, but he was outgoing. He was a people magnet. Like he could recruit people through voicemail. Like I don't know how he did it, but you could just hear they were going to say yes. Kids loved him. They were latched on. And, and I, like I was constantly comparing myself to him and I was introverted. I, they put me with middle school and they were, you know, like just super annoying, but like fun kids. Well, one of our very first nights he's like oh we'll get you up in front of the high schoolers and you can you know introduce yourself so I did and I'm like <laughs> trying to be cool at this point and they're they're doing like some kind of hide and seek game which is never a good idea in a church like don't ever let your kids play hide and seek in the dark and I remember walking into our brand new huge sanctuary and one of the like the coolest couples in the high school group is sitting in the very back making out and I froze and I was like I, I I, guys, like we should, we should probably not. And it was, it was like being the middle schooler in the cafeteria, and I'm like totally measuring myself on these kids. And I look back at that, and I'm like, I don't think I could even look at those kids today as adults without thinking like, uh, like I just felt awkward, and I know they still feel awkward. <laughs> like it was just a strange, weird moment, and. Yeah, so that was one of my one of my worst. The the best moment I remember was being at the camp that we all went to, which is way out in the middle of nowhere, having a group of college students that were leaders, and like three of them decided they wanted to get baptized, and we did it at like midnight. We we went into the pool and baptized them, and just like their expression of faith at that point in life was so powerful. Um, it was just a really cool really cool opportunity. So I think that's all I have. What else? You guys got anything else? Well, we've kind of covered it all. <laughs>